Hey there, you're listening to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which is all about communicating the real-life narrative of being an entrepreneurial woman. I'm your host, Alice Burnham, and if you're ready to be inspired and fall one step closer to your dream career, then keep on listening. Welcome to episode number 10 of the podcast series. I'm so glad you've decided to tune in today because this is a conversation that I love recording and in that breath, I'm so excited to share it with you. In today's episode, I sat down with Mary, who is the founder of The Simplifiers. She is a total event extraordinaire. She is now a podcast host. And let me tell you, she's just someone that you're gonna wanna listen in for. She is an entrepreneur who's experienced a ton of change in her business and in her life. She talked in this episode about what it's looked like for her to relocate her business overseas, the transition of rehiring a whole team and restructuring what she does, and also just pivoting the direction and the intention of what her business is. And it was so good to hear in on her side of that story, to learn how as an entrepreneur and as a business owner, she's adapted to those changes and dealt with them. If you're in the position of either considering running your own business or already doing that, this is an episode that you're going to want to listen in for. I love recording it. It left me with such that um, kind of inspiration feeling, you know, and you've just spoken to someone and you think, yes, that's someone that I want to hear from again. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, without further ado, I will shut up unless you listen to our conversation. Um, but just make sure you listen to the end so you can find out where to find all of Mary's links, all of the links to the stuff she has going on, and also how you can connect with the different things she mentioned in this episode because she gave away some great tips and some great advice. So I hope you enjoy the episode. So Mary, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's exciting to have you here. And we actually first connected via a Facebook group, didn't we? That was kind of we our did. story of how we first connected. And I think we something that's great to talk about within this podcast is how kind of, yeah, that culture of women connecting with other women online and that kind of thing. Um, but just to start us off, tell us a bit more about what you do. What's your day job? Well, so I started a company called The Simplifiers back in 2003. Um, when I say it, I go, oh my gosh, that was a long time ago. Um, but it's amazing how fast the years go by when you are an entrepreneur. Um, when I first started the company, I actually started it in the States, uh, primarily as an events management firm. So producing large scale um, events for corporate brands and weddings of all shapes and sizes and really high end luxury social events. Well, it's interesting as the years go on and, and being a small business owner, what you find is that your um, business changes and evolves and morphs uh, over time. And it's exciting to see where it's headed now. Um, so forward to about four years ago, I moved to the UK. Uh, my husband's British. We have family over here. While the kids are young, we're like, yes, let's do this thing and uh, brought the company with me. Sadly, couldn't bring all of my staff with me either. Uh, and so we ended up rebuilding the simplifiers with a new fresh uh, outlook and, and service, servicing a new set of clients here in the UK. So 
what we do now is slightly different. So we still are simplifiers. We are people who simplify other people's lives, but we do it in a different way. So we're now online educators. We're um, public speakers. We uh, really service um, B2B people in the events industry who uh, need help and coaching and mentoring on how to simplify and optimize the operations side of their business. And we're launching a podcast, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that's really exciting. And that was kind of one of the reasons we connected, wasn't it? We were both kind of on that journey at the same time. Um, and yeah, you're just talking about what you've done. Obviously, you've had the company for 15 years. And throughout that, there's been a ton of changes for you. And what, what's that look like for you as a business owner, as someone that's moved their business overseas, has obviously had children, has almost kind of changed the, the DNA of what you do as a company? What's that been like for you? How have you found that change and transition? You know, it's funny, um, when I first started the company uh, 15 years ago, however long it's been now, um, I, you know, people said, well, why don't you just call it Mary's Events or something like that? And for me, from day one, my vision with the company is that it was going to be something so much bigger than me always, that the brand could be something that could grow larger and not just be reliant on me. So if ever there was a point where it could just be bigger and I branch off and go start another project, then I can happen and the company and the brand still lives on without me. So it's exciting to me to see 15 years later that you know we have the ability for it to pivot. If I had called it Mary's Events 15 years ago, here we are now going, oh, well, we're not really event planners anymore necessarily. And you can't really change it. So, um, yes, I, one of the big lessons I've learned over the years, begrudgingly, let me just point out for the record, is that change is literally the only constant in life. And the sooner I got on the fact that change wagon is going to happen, <laughs> that um, and to be cool with the change and roll with the punches, the better life is as a mm. whole. And has adapting to change always been a natural thing for you or was it kind of a learning <laughs> curve of realizing it was something that you were going to have to get used to? Remember the begrudg begrudgingly <laughs> part? Like, I mean, it's so hard. Like, I think we as humans are just naturally creatures of comfort, right? We appreciate routine and things that are predictable, uh, you know, in modern parts of our, or most parts of our life. You know, I consider myself a spontaneous person here and there, but remember, I'm an event planner, so I'm a project manager by heart. I like deadlines and things to be laid out pretty clearly. So, uh, change was uh, is always a hard thing for me to handle, but I feel like over the years I've gotten better at it because I've got coping mechanisms or just strategies to help um, you know ride the storm of of what change is all about in your business. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, when almost there's a big change going on in my business or my personal life or whatever, one of the things I really rely on is the people around me. So obviously, for you moving country and having to lose your whole kind of set of staff, you didn't have that reliant of, oh, we're a team, we're going to get through this together. This is a change we're all going through. So how was that having to kind of come to the UK, almost, I guess, rehire your whole team? What was that mm -hmm. process like for you? Well, originally, when we first moved over in 2014, um, we had built a team in our Texas office that we thought could 
manage the operations without me. If you pluck me out of it and I go and start a satellite office in the UK, then all things would be fine and dandy. What we realized was that there is more structure that needed to be put in place, more training, maybe different staff. I mean, there was lots of things that um, just didn't fit with that equation. I was still an integral part of the day-to-day operations of that event. And maybe that says something to me as a leader, you know, really, truly needing to learn how to let go and let people really lead and and delegate more and empower them and all that, um, which now I certainly embrace that a lot more. Um, but, you know, when, when we tried and it didn't work necessarily how we wanted it to, um, we realized that, well, I realized that, you know, in order to do it right, we needed to shut down that office and start anew. Um, and that was a hard decision. These are people that I've been training and cultivating for years. And hard to let go of something old and start something new, but do it for the sake of the brand and, and more importantly, the sake of our existing clients as well to make sure that we deliver a great product to them always. Um, so yeah, it's tricky. It's not easy. Not easy at all. And it's probably a transition that you've kind of, you've done it and you're like, <laughs> that was an experience. We're quite happy that that's kind of behind us and that's what we've well, done. Yeah. I mean, imagine um, moving halfway across the world. Like just that bit alone is so scary. You know, like you've got all of your possessions basically in boxes for and on a boat somewhere in the world for about four months, right? So you so imagine 90% of your possessions are on a boat four and a half months it takes to get for whatever reason, I don't know who's like powering the boat, maybe hamsters. But like it goes from the US to the UK takes four and a half months. So you don't have your stuff, right? Um, You have small children that are you're trying to juggle their emotions and (laughs) their, you know, going through this massive change. And then you also lump on there being a female entrepreneur and managing your business, managing your clients, managing all of that and the big change there. Mm -hmm. I tell you what, like after all of that happened, I was like, I just need a year of chilling out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like stabilization, nothing crazy, no dramatic changes, all of that. Um, You know, because it is tough. It's it's mentally, emotionally, physically, all of it is really challenging. Yeah. And you talked about that kind of mentioned in that aspect of being a female entrepreneur like let's talk about that I think that's such a incredible thing that's rising up particularly in how we connected which is through a Facebook group whose kind of literal purpose is to connect female entrepreneurs so that we can kind of skill share share information and not be competitive or not be in this world that feels like we're all trying to beat each other at that so I guess what's been your experience you started 15 years ago when probably Mm -hmm. female entrepreneurs wasn't so much talked about or so much celebrated how did you find that stepping into that culture yeah, I think things are, are still um, changing, but I feel like there's a wave. I don't know. Do you feel it? Like yeah. there's a wave of change really in like the last year or so where women are starting to step into their own power and their own voice and realizing, wait a second, wait, I don't actually need to sign up and do the nine to five corporate job and sign into the normal what what culture expects of me roles. I think especially what's interesting about the wave is technology is starting to catch up to allow people to have small businesses um, 
online businesses. I mean, my, a lot of my clients are, are based in the U.S. and Canada. I mean, five to eight hours time zone wise away from me. But yet I'm still able to service them, the clients and produce um, a great job for them. So I think technology being able to communicate with clients via video conferencing, webinars, um, you know, just so many tools that are out there that simplify that process um, that just literally weren't there a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Another thing to say on that is uh, I feel like the wave of hiring and building a virtual team around you is so much more um, readily available right now than ever it was. And so we're really taking the move um, from like having people in our office, in person, sitting across the desk from us to moving more of a virtual team. So, um, you know, I've got somebody who works in Michigan. I've got somebody who works in York. I've got people that work here. And so, and I'm looking to expand that team right now as we fill some key spaces. Uh, And I think that that's exciting as well, that no longer do you have to subscribe to that mindset of, oh, okay, I need help. So I need to hire somebody for 20 hours a week, 40 hours a week, and they have to be here in the office. Because five years ago, that was the norm, right? Mm -hmm. And how in the world do you cash flow that? How do you pay for that person and that much time, um, you know, and and manage that? You'd have to, you have to build a, a bigger, bigger hamster wheel, right? Um, But now with the idea of virtual assistants and how easily readily available they are, quality people, right, who are willing to work with you in their zone of genius for maybe two to five hours a week. So you've got a virtual assistant for graphic design or a virtual assistant for bookkeeping or one for podcast editing, whatever it might be. Now you can start outsourcing bits of your work in small little pockets of time, mm-hmm. but at a higher hourly rate, because you're getting qualified, theoretically qualified people, right? It makes so much more sense. And so uh, a one-person operation is able to expand massively through virtual teams. Yeah, and I think a large part of probably what's fueling that movement is people and entrepreneurs realizing that their biggest asset is their time, and it's not mm. their money. And I think there's almost this hesitancy to outsource and to have other people on your team. You think, well, I'm not even really paying myself like I can't afford to pay someone else but actually Mm. when you consider the time that these things are taking you and the time that frees up for you that's almost far more valuable than it is the money you're spending on it Mm -hmm. and I think that's what people are realizing is that actually as an entrepreneur if I'm working on my own if I outsource these parts of my business that aren't working for me then I get all this time to do the stuff that does work for me and do the stuff that I do best because obviously in your company the stuff that you do best is simplifying events and if you're spending all your time editing podcasts and doing your accounts that's not that's not mm-hmm. your strengths, is it? Well, and I, it's interesting. So I, I coach my clients on this entirely. Um, it, it, even if you are a one-person business, right? You just started. You're literally sitting at home and listening to this podcast in your pajamas at your home office, right? And you're going, okay, yeah, Mary, that sounds great, but that's not for me. That's way – I'm not there yet. Like literally if you're that person, you just started out, like I honestly think one of the best tips I can give you is sit down and create an org chart, like literally an org chart for your company. And you're thinking – okay, well, it's just me, right? <laughs> like, is it just going to be my name and all of the chart? <laughs> but the reality is no. Like, you put your name at the top, right? And you think about your company as if you are a major corporation, right? What are the different departments of your company, whether that's operations, sales and marketing, um, you know, research and development, whatever. And think about of those different departments of your company, what are you really, really good at? So I, let's say, for example, you're 
really, really good at the creative, the copywriting, and the graphic design, but you really stink at the cash flow forecasting, the bookkeeping, the paperwork, and ad admin nonsense. So then you start to go, okay, well, in this org chart, I lack skills in this department, so I need to go out and find a virtual assistant or a part-time employee to help me with this. And then it starts to delineate and be very, very clear in your brain where are the stop gaps, where do I need to fill with strengths from somebody else. And that, I think, is such a powerful exercise that you know, even if you set yourself a timer of like, I don't know, 45 minutes and just say, right, I'm only going to do this one thing, build my art org chart, get a giant whiteboard or a big scribble of a piece of paper. And after that 45 minutes up, you start to say, oh, okay, now I know what I need to make sure that my team is successful. Mm hmm. I love that. And I think that's fantastic. And how you were kind of talking about the transition you've seen in having your business for 15 years has really been like a, a technical one and seeing how kind of technology is developed within that. Um, and I just wonder, have, do you feel like you've seen a shift in how women are being within business? Because obviously mm. the way that everything's becoming more online, more accessible and a lot more part time, really, it's far more accessible and easy for particularly moms, women that aren't wanting to work part time to kind of step into being an entrepreneur and running their own businesses, is that something you feel like you've seen or experienced through your kind of transition of 15 years of business? Totally. So, you know, my kids are now nine and seven years old, right? So when I started the company, I didn't have kids. I was single or, you know, yeah, I was actually, I was single and I was like, woohoo, I, I got loads of time on my hands, right? Um, but what's interesting now, and I feel like the, to change culture as a whole is like moving a giant ship. It's, it moves very slowly, right? Like the fact that my kid's primary school still has a drop off at 845 and pick up at 330 in the afternoon. Like seriously, like I don't know how anybody can work a nine to five job and still have kids without like having to put their kids in, you know, morning um, daycare and then afternoon daycare after school care. Um, it just like literally culture is not built for women to work, which is really sad, right? So I think how we as women have come back and said, okay, that sucks. Like, why is that? That Why is that still there? Um, I have a brain. I want to use it, you know, and, and, and I want to, you know, be in business and creative and all of that. That's why I think women are like, enough. I'm done. I, I'm going to go start a business and be a bookkeeper, be a graphic designer, be a virtual assistant because I'm really good at organizing things and, you know, managing emails. And it's so much easier to do it for somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of person, that woman can go, right. If I juggle five clients and I charge, what, 20, 25 pounds an hour, I make a pretty decent little amount of money and I can still do the school runs and juggle it all. Right. Um, so I think that's what's really interesting um, in the culture shift is that women are now starting to realize that that's totally possible. And for me, as a, as a business owner, I'm so excited. Like I'd much rather hire a woman who maybe is in her late 30s or early 40s who has a bit of experience under her belt um, and, you know, wants to just do a couple hours here or there, you know, manage my email. Brilliant. Like, you know, that's sign me up all day long. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. And I love that there's kind of this almost army of women rising up that's yes. talking more openly about, hey, this is what I do. Hey, there are options out there. Because I think often people just don't realize. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that there's these jobs, that, these side hustles that you can be doing that are earning you this money off the side. You don't need to be in an office nine to five. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I read a statistic the other day that by 2020, 50% 
of people in the UK are going to be self-employed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's unreal. Like that's such a movement and something that is so new and something that we've never really seen before. Well, I and I think exciting. Yeah. And the UK, you guys, like we have a very special um, circumstance, I believe, versus say those that are listening in the US because our healthcare is free. And because our healthcare is free through the NHS, that that also helps women in the UK take that leap off of their corporate job and go, right, well, I don't have to worry about, you know, bringing in healthcare or a good healthcare plan for my family. So believe this or not, it's crazy. In the US, when I was working there with, you know, as the simplifiers um, there, you know, the CEO there, I want to say that I was spending close to $1,200 a month for healthcare for my family of four. So literally for me. (laughs) Twelve hundred dollars, so whatever that is, eight hundred, nine hundred pounds goes out my paycheck every month just for healthcare. Not even doctor's appointments. That's just the ability to go see the doctor if we need it at any point, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that's where the U.S. is sort of still trying to catch up because you know they've got Obamacare for a little bit longer until you know unfortunately Trump probably repeals it. Um, but here in the U.K. We've got healthcare. We're not spending that money out. So it's a lot easier for um, ladies in the UK to go, right, I'm done. Let's start our own business and do the thing. Mm-hmm. And if someone's maybe listening now and they're, it doesn't even have to be a mom, just anyone, male, female, and they're thinking, hey, this is really interesting. I want to kind of jump in on that and be part of that. What would your advice be to someone that's thinking, I'm in a nine to five. I don't like that kind of traditional job circumstance or kind of like the daily grind what would be your kind of advice to that person listening that says hey I want in on this Mm. so uh, I live actually now in Nottingham England and you know it's interesting Nottingham is you know in the East Midlands and they're incredible wealth of local small business support, SME support. So um, if you're not familiar with the terms like me as an American walking in, the words that people throw around are, you know, you're like, what? What did you just say? SME is in like small, medium enterprise. So if you literally searched SME support and then your city's name in Google, you would likely find the resources that are out there that are built literally for you. So locally here in Nottingham, we have um, the Creative Quarter. So Creative quarter.com. Uh, we have this other thing called D2N2, uh, like the letter D2 and then N, Nancy, 2. Um, and there's all these small business workshops. There's, you know, small business grants and loans and pitch competitions and all sorts of stuff like that. So when I first moved here um, in 2014, um, it literally took maybe a week before I found a small business incubator, an accelerator that was completely government funded that just wanted to bring people like me to Nottingham and to start uh, a new business, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was an incredible opportunity. It really springboarded a lot for me. It was called Next Business Generation, this this accelerator program. It gave me free office space. It gave me a mentor for, I want to say, eight months or so. It gave me um, training and workshops and all this, like literally 100% free. So, you know, if you're listening somewhere in the UK and you're thinking, well, how do I start my own company? I think you Google first. So maybe small business support Mm -hmm. and your city. Google is the answer for any small businesses. (laughs) But sometimes you just don't know what you don't know, right? You don't know that you can search these things. Um, So yeah, Googling like SME support and then your city's name or small business support uh, and your city's name and see what's out there. But then, like you said at the beginning, I think one of the largest parts of what makes um, the wave of women rising up to become entrepreneurs so great 
state is that we are natural tribe builders and we're natural community builders. Mm -hmm. And so finding Facebook communities online um, where you can find other female entrepreneurs uh, that, you know, can help support you and point you to the right resources as well. Mm, And there's such an incredible kind of sense of collaboration between female entrepreneurs at the moment. Obviously, I can't speak for the male industry because I'm not in that, but definitely in the different Facebook groups I'm connected in and different kind of pods of people, you just realize that women are so keen to share and so Mm -hmm. keen to just say like, hey, we're all doing this thing together. None of us Mm -hmm. quite know what we're doing. None of us are quite qualified to do this, but let's just share the journey with each other and communicate that and celebrate it. Well, and I can give you one example of a, a Facebook community, and I guess we can put the, the link down in the show notes that I found incredibly uh, invaluable, and it's 100% free as well, is Janet Murray down in London. She has got a group called the Soulful PR uh, community, which basically helps uh, women entrepreneurs who want to get more press and publication, like um, media coverage of their small business. And so, you know, gosh, I think there's probably well over 9,000 women that are part of this soulful PR Facebook group. And I found it super duper um, to connect with others in all industries. Oh, that's good. Thank you. I'll pop that downstairs so people can have a look if they want to have a listen to it. Um, And as you know, part of my kind of passion for this podcast is talking about kind of the reality behind running a business, um, being an entrepreneur and being a woman within that. Um, So was there something that was kind of expectation versus reality for you? It's a question I like to ask all the guests. Um, Something that you really expected your business or running a business to be one way and then it happened and you're like, oh, that's slightly different. Yeah, Uh, probably two. One, uh, you know, people, I don't know how I've got like this like vision in my head um, that when my first child was born and, you know, she was like little, like little enough to sit in the car seat or a little bouncer seat. I guess I had this vision that she would just magically sit there cooing and be so happy and and I could still take phone calls with my clients and stuff. Okay, like, let me just point out that is definitely not reality. That is like airbrush movie reality. It's not not real. So if you have small children, like literally littles under the age of, well, really four years old. So I honestly believe you have to reach out to your your tribe of people, whether that is parents, whether that is neighbors, whether that is nannies or, you know, friends that can do a child swap. Like, don't buy into the myth that you can just magically do your work and children will just happily sit there and, you know, not make any noise or whatever. Um that's just one thing. Like, don't buy into that myth because it's it's not real, right? Um, so don't be afraid to reach out to your tribe of, of women and do a child swap. So if you know other female entrepreneurs that live in your neighborhood or in your village um, and you go, okay, right, I'll take our kids for Monday and you take the kids on Tuesday and, and this person takes the kids on Wednesday, then you can figure out a solution um, or, you know, simply putting them in childcare so you can really laser focus on the work that you need to do during those times. Um Two, I think the the other myth that um, I believed uh, and, you know, it always is not true is the reality is this takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of passion and it doesn't just magically happen overnight. Um, Always remind myself that people's uh, what their feed is, like what's on Instagram and all the beautiful pictures <laughs> is literally their highlights reel. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not seeing the behind the scenes, the the struggle, the the hustle and the, the, you know, really taking action, like daily repetitive action, right, towards their goals and mm-hmm. um, 
you don't see it. So you just, you, you get stuck in that trap of comparison of going, oh, wow, looks like she's got it sorted. Oh, wow, look at how many followers she's got. Oh, wow, blah, 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 blah. Why don't I have that? And that's all a trap right? It's, it's just literally a trap. Um, so what I find is really important for me is when I put my blinders on um, and just focus on my journey and focus on my goals and take daily action towards them. That's really what's important, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about being busy. And it's not about, oh, I checked off 20 things on my to-do list today. It's like literally focusing on what your one primary goal is per quarter and taking daily action towards it and Mm -hmm. realizing it just takes time and work to get there. And I love that you're acknowledging that because especially when you start out a business or you're kind of in a bit of a rut, it's so easy to look at people who are two years ahead of you, 10 years ahead of you, whatever that is, and look at their finished product and say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Why have I not got that? Why am I not Mm -hmm. this? But it's so, you have to just remind yourself, don't you? They have this many years ahead of you. They have this amount of team around them. What they're producing is on far more resources than you're doing, whatever that kind of fill in the blank looks like. And I think it's so healthy to remind yourself, like that's their finished product. I'm not there yet. So I'm just going to like put my head down and keep doing what I'm going to be doing. And that's where fear sneaks in, right? Fear sneaks in and goes, ooh, imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome. You don't know what you're doing. Everybody mm-hmm. else knows what you're doing, or, you know, and you're going to get figured out soon. And like literally you have to make that conscious decision to go, stop, fear. Uh, thank you for your insight. Go ahead and sit in the back seat. I got this, uh-huh. you know, and take daily action. Like literally, I learned that from um, Elizabeth Gilbert, uh, Eat, Pray, Love's author. I mean, she said, you know, that, and it made so much sense. She's like, right, fear, get in the back of the minivan. We're, I'm, I'm driving this, this bus here, right? And, you know, I think that that's really important. So, yeah, you just have to stay focused on your game and take daily action. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned within your kind of first expectation versus reality point about like being a mum and being an entrepreneur. And I obviously hear a lot kind of on podcast episodes and different blog posts and whatever, people kind of talk about the idea of mum guilt. Is that something you've experienced? Is that something you struggle with? Talk to us about that for maybe mums that are listening. And I guess it's nice just to hear someone else's truth as well. So tell us about that. So I should back up and say that my husband is also an entrepreneur with his own separate company. So we're a bit of an unusual match in that um, sometimes I think a lot of times one person entrepreneur and one person's got the steady pay paycheck or, you know, kind of and that there's some stability there. But since both of us are like, right, we're doing this right. There is no other way to live. Like my parents are entrepreneurs as well. So I've, I've just been raised in that culture for so long um, that maybe since I've, I've been a child of entrepreneurs as well, the, the sense of mom guilt doesn't exist in me because that was not my story. You know, I've never seen, um, you know, from childhood and on up. So if I'm honest, no, I don't have mom guilt. Um, and I know the way I overcome that is when I'm at work, I'm 100% at work right? Like this is me focused on the task. I plow through my stuff and I keep things as simple as possible. But then when I'm at home, I try as hard as I possibly can to shut it down and be a hundred percent present for the kids and, and for my husband, um, and be there, be there. Um, and I think that's really, really important. So I think what the trick is with mum guilt and people that do have it is that when your home is your office, it's like, oh, well, there's my phone and it just pinged me and oh, it's just one quick email and I'll, I'll just type that out really, really quick. And you're doing that at the dinner table, right? 
make no qualms. Like I'm not perfect. There are some times where I have done that here and there, but I have to reset and like remind myself that like, oh yeah, when I'm at home, I'm at home. When I'm at work, I'm at work. And when the kids go to sleep at night and I do need to catch up on one or two things, yeah, I might do it. But really, I tell you, Alice, like as I get older, I'm starting to learn this more and more. I, if this probably would have gone right over my head in my early 20s. But I'm telling you now that I'm 40, sleep is so important, like ridiculously important. If I don't get a good night's rest, I am toast the next day. So it, it really requires you to protect yourself and, and put boundaries around yourself so that you're taking care of yourself, getting good sleep so that when you when it is work time the next day, you're 100% focused and all in. Mm-hmm. And I guess also within that learning the times and the environments that you work best in and actually using that energy and that time to its best thing as opposed to I think when you're trying to do 20 things at once you're just I don't know about you but I do things awfully Mm -hmm. multitasking just isn't something that exists in my head I've got to sit down and say hey I'm going to do this today this is what I'm doing and I'll ignore all those other things because there's so many voices in your head isn't it that says oh you've got that thing to do or you should be doing that um so I guess what do any practical tips from you as to how both you balance kind of work and home and have that really clear divide and also how you stay focused on actually this is the thing that I'm going to do today and I'm just going to lean into that Totally. So in the, um, the idea of simplification, really everything's all about simplifying in my life. So for me, I am not a multi like 80 bazillion tabs open in my browser that kind of gives me like heart palpitations, <laughs> if I'm honest. Uh, I focus on the one thing. Like that's it. Focus on the one thing. Do it well. Get done. Move on to the next thing. I think it was Greg McCowan with um, the book Essentialism. And I love this quote. He says, you know, okay, for today, write down your top five most important tasks that you need to accomplish, right? So you write down one, two, three, four, five, and you prioritize them. What's the most important at the very top of the list? And then he says, cross out the bottom four. Like that's literally it. So like just focus on that first thing. So practically speaking, how I do that is I, I do a lot of sprints um, with the Pomodoro technique. Have you heard of Pomodoro before? I haven't, no. Tell me more. Okay, so Pomodoro is... Um, I think it has something to do with cooking spaghetti sauce. I think that's why it's called that. Um, but don't quote me on that. Um, but basically, this it, the concept is very simple. You set yourself a 25-minute timer using your phone. Just boom, 25-minute timer. And that one task that you need to accomplish, you just laser focus in and do that. Don't have notifications open. Don't have any tabs open. Like literally, it's as simple as focusing on the one thing. And studies show that however much time you give yourself to do a task is literally how long it's going to take. So if you gave yourself 25 minutes, it's going to take you 25 minutes. If you gave yourself three hours, it's going to take you three hours, right? So when you do 25 minutes and you get the task done and hey, say if you finish it in 15, brilliant. What you do, this is really critical that don't miss this step, is that after the 25 minutes is up, no matter if you finish the task or not, you have to stand up, take a five minute break. And that five minute break is literally going and fetching a cup of tea, stretching um, your arms or legs, um, you know, or maybe if you're really ambitious, like do a couple of sit ups or planks or whatever. Um, But like literally get up from your work desk and change your scenery, change your perspective. And then after that five minutes is done, you come back and do another sprint. 25 minutes on, five minutes off, 25 minutes on, five minutes off. 
Now, I run this um, in my team here, and you know, a couple of them were like, okay, Mary, after about three sprints, my brain just goes to mush, which is 100% what I agree to, to you. So if you do the Pomodoro sprint technique, do about three of those back to back, but then after that, you know, go take a walk outside or just get some fresh air and, you know, helps your brain clear. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Like literally that helps me get so much done because when you are sitting there with like a mountain of to do's, you know, 20,000 things sitting there waiting for you to do them, you get overwhelmed and you know what happens. I'm the first one to do it. Oh, I'll check on Facebook. How are things going there? Oh, I'll check Instagram. Half an hour later, you're like deep in right. Facebook's videos. Right. And you've <laughs> done so nothing, right? So this is helping you laser focus and, and do the thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I guess that's something I didn't realize had a name to it that I was doing. And I have this really awesome thing called um, a time box, which is from Amazon. I'll link it below. I think it's really cool. Um, and it's basically got these different I wish I had it here to show you, but it's got all these different times on it, like 5, 10, 15, 20 to like 30, 60 minutes. And it lights up and you put it on your desk and it counts down from that time. And then when it gets to the bottom, it just goes off. And it's the simplest way of being like, I'm just going to spend 20 minutes clearing my inbox, go from bottom to top. And if those last emails don't get done in that 20 minutes, then that's fine. And we leave Mm -hmm. it. And actually, it's so true that you say the amount of time you give to a task is how long it's going to take. And the way that you kind of, look at your day especially I guess when for you your to-do list isn't given to you by someone else you don't have a manager that's telling you here's what I want you to do today you have to prioritize what that's going to look like and I think it's so healthy to acknowledge that we don't always get that right and we're not instantly these super productive people that get all this stuff done it takes processes and yeah Mm. things that help us I dare say this takes this is a muscle that you have to like it's a discipline and a muscle you have to train. Um, so if you've been working in corporate America, working kind of that nine to five job and, you know, let's be honest, you're paid me clocking in 20% of the time, 80% of the time, you're not really doing work. You're just sort of shuffling papers. I can say that for firsthand fact because I used to be a corporate America kind of person. And I totally will be the first to admit that I was that kind of person. So when you become your own boss, your own entrepreneur, like it's you, right? Like, and if you don't do the thing, your business will fail. So you have to like train this muscle to get things done. Um, And this is definitely a technique that's helped me. One last tip of like practical, how to make that work. There is an app called Tide, like, you know, the tide going in and out. I love Um, this app. Okay, great. Yeah. So put the link down below for sure. But um, Tide is amazing and it's free and it lets you set that timer of like 25 minutes or whatever. But what I love about Tide is, and as you know, um, you can actually set background music to that timer. So let's say it's the forest or the ocean or funny enough, a cafe with like mumbling people like that's death to me. Let me just say that white noise is totally death. But Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like listening to the ocean or the forest or the birds chirping, like if that helps you focus and do the one thing brilliant yeah and actually creating an environment around you and acknowledging that it's not just your brain power that's going to make you productive it's far more than that and I'm so with you I don't get when people are like I love working in coffee shops it makes me feel alive like I just get distracted and eat a load of cake like I'm just like there's food here's my phone like I just want to sit and watch like YouTube videos yeah, I no, I right can't. Now. I can't do it. I totally need headphones on. I need to like just have like my calm, chill playlist or something like that um, to be able to mm-hmm. focus. I literally have to like lock myself in my desk. Like I'm not even facing a window because it's too distracting. It's just like all I can see is work, and that's all that gets done. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's not super Instagrammable, but it's real life, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And that's the, that's the truth, right? And I think for us as women, um, especially as podcasters, the more we share this, that it's not this perfection that we're, we're seeking, it, the more it's true. Like sometimes you just got to put your head down and do the work, right? And so, and it's not always pretty, but you know, you, you got to do it and you got to do what's got to get done. Yeah. But then importantly, taking care of yourself along the way. That's huge. Yes. And having that balance and actually, yeah, when you acknowledge that you can be far more productive in 20 minutes than you can in an hour of rubbish, actually then not taking the rest of that 35 minutes to get more stuff done, like take that for fun, go and do something, go and have some food, go and go on a walk, whatever that looks like for you. Um, Mm -hmm. And you mentioned there that you're a podcaster. I'd love to talk more about that. So tell us more about kind of your new venture. What is that? So this is really, really exciting for me, Alice. So um, my early 20s, before I started the Simplifiers, actually back in the States, I worked in commercial radio. So I was a radio presenter. Um, I had done every single job at a radio station from, you know, like a the cheesy voiceover person for commercials um, to live broadcast engineer, but then later becoming a radio DJ and presenter. So it's exciting for me to finally bring that part of my career into my present day uh, career. And for us, we are launching the Simplifiers podcast on uh, Thursday, March 8th, 2018. And we're partnered with International Women's Day because that's International Women's Day. And what we are thrilled to announce with the Simplifiers podcast is that we hope to serve creative on entrepreneurs all over the world with our podcast and, um, you know, really take topics in business and in life and simplify them. Like literally that's it. Right. So if you've ever found yourself at a dinner party and somebody's talking about Bitcoin and you're like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And nodding your head, but you're like, I have no clue what they're talking about. Like that's a perfect topic that we'd love to on the Simplifiers podcast or actual forecasting or how to set goals that actually stick. Um, like what's the neuroscience behind it? How to be a vegan? Like all these topics that are out there. Um, and I'm so thrilled as we start to record these interviews and eventually launch the podcast. It's going to be so great. I love that. So obviously a link below kind of links to where that is. And I guess people can just find that through your website or through iTunes if people want to connect with it. Yeah, thesimplifiers.com is our website. So you'll find it there as well. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. I look forward to listening to your podcast too and having everything in my life be simplified and to, I'll be like, (laughs) I've been doing it wrong this whole time. It's so much simpler than I thought, (laughs) which I love. So I guess just to finish us off, I love kind of the conversation that has kind of come through this podcast, just how naturally it's kind of progress talking about real life and what it looks like for you to be running your business um so I guess just to finish tell us a bit more about what's next for you obviously you've been in the business for 15 years you've accomplished incredible stuff been through a lot of changes within that but I'm sure you've got the mindset of like this isn't this isn't it there's more to come the Mm. best is yet to come so tell us more about that It's really exciting and thank you for asking. I mean, when we started uh, 15 years ago as just event planners, right? That was, we simplify events for clients, right? Which was the great first step for the brand and the company. But now we're simplifying people's lives. And so we're really stepping into that role of becoming online educators to all creative entrepreneurs, whether you're a graphic designer or a bookkeeper or a virtual assistant or a wedding planner or a photographer. So what we hope is that the next 
evolution of the simplifiers is that we become the go-to resource for um, that female creative entrepreneur looking for simplification in all aspects of her life. Um, so yeah, public speaking is a huge part of what we do and the podcast, which we're really excited about, um, and then various online courses and, and masterminds that we roll out throughout the year. So the, the future is very bright ahead. Wonderful. I so look forward to kind of keeping connected with you and seeing how that kind of all pans out and just seeing the exciting things that you continue to do. So thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed yourself. Oh, it's so great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope that you enjoyed listening in on our conversation and learning more about who Mary is and what she does and what her stories look like within business. We obviously talked about a lot of stuff that you might want to get connected with. So make sure you head to the show notes. There you'll find links to everything to do with Mary and the simplifiers. Of course, you'll find a link to their fantastic new podcast, which I'm loving listening to. And you'll also find places that you can find everything she mentioned. So the Facebook group, uh, the app that she loves, and also the time box that I mentioned. So make sure you head to the show notes. They're at alicebenham.co.uk forward slash podcast. Get connected with Mary. Look into the different stuff she suggested and again thank you so much for tuning in today hope you enjoyed it and I'd love to connect with you over on Instagram bye for now